questions? What's the theme? Um, murder mysteries. Murder <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, so we're know. just talking about the murder mysteries. Oh, yeah. I have something. Like, what's what's your favorite unsolved unsolved mystery? Like real mystery or like, uh, like what are you asking? Like a um, real mystery. What are the mis- What are my options? I don't even know. Like a I'm just trying to mystery? think of like a a, a a theme for this this episode. <laughs> Usually we don't have one. Usually we just uh, kind of do whatever. This is the experience podcast with me and someone else. And that someone else is uh, me, and I'm, I'm the only someone else on today's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else wanted to come on with Tanner, so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of the uh, uh, guest repellent, I guess. I mean, you can understand that. Yeah. yeah. No, I can. I definitely can. Well, also, it's like a stealing the uh, spotlight type deal, so. I can oh, that's right, because you're great. Yeah, so the one thing about me, uh, you know, <laughs> I asked to this spot. So, so how's it going? What's new with you? Uh, not much. I've been working a lot, so scheduling has been tough. But uh, are you doing mostly night stuff now? I'm all on nights. I've been on working for one day off all nights for the last month and a half. And what's the night schedule? Like, what what hours? Six to six. Six to six. Jeez. Has, has, have you fully completed your transition to vampirism? <laughs> Basically, since I've been on nights since March 4th. And it's been working four, day, four nights and then one day off. And it rinse and repeat. So, wait, are you exhausted so, right now? Or, like, are you... I'm confused. <laughs> it's so... For our listeners, it's eight o'clock at night. Yes. Um, so, how do you feel? What's your What's your current? Okay. I mean, it's not easy. You know, you kind of adjust to it, like you just flip everything. But in a lot of ways, you don't because do you feel energized. Uh, no. Like right. Okay. What do you mean by energized? Like, okay, would you call this meal that you're about to, or maybe just ate most recently? Do you call it breakfast? See, great question. What would you call it? I think we've covered this on the show. Maybe you weren't on it, but we covered this. When, what, on it. when do you eat and what do you eat and what do you call it? Yeah. Do you eat breakfast at dinner basically? I eat so I sleep from like um whenever I get home, so like six thirty to seven in the morning. Until around one. That's usually as far as I can go. Maybe one thirty. Um, and I eat, let's call it breakfast then. And then I eat again before work, like at four, maybe, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you want to call that. And then I eat at, at, in the middle of work, so like at mid, you know, 11 at night. 
or something. It's like 10, 30, 11 at night. That's what I'm eating. And what is that? Just like a quesadilla? Whatever. <laughs> so, a what? You get Uber Eats Taco Bell delivered to the plant? I don't know if Uber Eats goes out there. Hmm. I bring something, usually. I'll make something for the week. Yeah. Okay. Classic Daniel making stuff for the week. <laughs> Why is that a bad thing? I don't have time to cook. You know, I, well, so I, time, I never said it was a bad thing. I said classic nice. Daniel. Said if you if you interpret interpret and uh, uh, interpret that as a negative thing, uh, you know maybe maybe we can open up a dialogue about that. Maybe that's what this can uh, episode can be about. I don't think it needs to be about that. Okay. So what's, well, what's the dialogue for you? For what's the, what, what dialogue do we need to open for you? Um. Well, this past weekend I went to New York. New York City. Thanks for the invite. New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went and I met my girlfriend's sister, and I saw a couple of my high school friends, and also some of my friends from UGA. And uh, I introduced them to each other, and. Um, I I think that they're going to hang out independent of me, and uh, I think that's a good thing. I love when that happens, when I'm able to bring you know people together. Always, uh, that's a that's a personal tanner um, high point. So that's the the kind of energy that I'm I'm taking into this coming week. Is that you know I brought some people. How often are you doing that? Bringing people together. Yeah. Uh, three of. Three times a year, maybe. Oh, so it's a common thing. Yeah. Well, no. Maybe two or three. You know? Often, but not often enough. Hmm. So, yeah, anyway, you went to New York. Um, You brought people together. They're going to hang out afterward, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, I went to Coney Island. That's probably the bigger selling point of this story. Ah, what did you get there? Emotional beats. Nothing. I literally just went to Coney Island on Friday because I was like, never been to Coney Island. <laughs> and um, I'd only heard things about it. And so it was kind of like a a joke. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what this, this weekend has, was kind of like. Um, the theme of the weekend was doing the uh, things you do in New York that you haven't done before that are kind of touristy, like Coney Island and getting drunk at the Times Square's Applebee's. How many times have you been to New York City? This was maybe the fourth. Okay. Yeah. And you just, you never got to the big touristy, the Statue of Liberty, you know, stuff like that? No, I already did that. I mean, I already did that, so. Maybe this is the fifth time. So, yeah, at this point, it's like, let's go to Coney Island. Let's uh, go get drunk at an Applebee's. You know, classic stuff, right? Oh, um, <laughs> you get a Coney hot dog, Any, anything like that? Oh, no, we went to Brighton Beach, which has a lot of um, Eastern yeah. European immigrants. 
So he had some Turkish food. Turkish slash Uzbek food. It was really good. So I was like, yeah, I know about the Coney Island, you know, glizzies and whatnot and glizzy culture, but I was like, let's get some, let's get some, uh, taste your food, taste your grub. So. Well, I'm glad uh, the trip went okay. How's, how's work going for you? You're, you've been at UPS for a while now, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's pretty stressful. It's a stressful, uh, junction right now as we're releasing a new product that's kind of stemming from our team. I won't get into it too much. Um, but it's exciting, but also a lot of work. So, uh, I don't know. You can tell everyone in the department is stressed out too and like working hard and, you know, it's just like a, it's a stressful time, I guess. Everyone's working on overtime and then this is our main priority and then you know, other departments are still coming to us and are like, hey, can you do this for us? Can you do this for us? And it's like, no, we have to put you on the backlog. You know. Uh, so, yeah, I'll get, I won't get started into it. It's very stressful right now, but I think on Thursday there's like a, a spring, an outdoor spring, springtime thing. It looks like. Um, springtime thing. Like a festival? It's like golf or not disc. Yeah. Sorry, frisbee golf. Maybe disc golf. I think it's disc golf, right? Disc golf, yeah. But like, go to a park. I think it's like a picnic. So maybe that'll be a nice, relaxing thing. But like, I don't know. It's just been uh, for the past couple of weeks really picked up. For the past three weeks since the start of this month, basically. You know, it's like that's when the product uh, released. So, or we're piloting it right now, I should say. Um, so kind of stressful stuff. Um, won't get into it more than what I have, but yeah. Um, but we can talk about some of the, the mysteries around now that we've you know, made, made our pleasant news. So, uh, um, <laughs> all right. Let me, let me Google top like murder mysteries or any of us. I already did. I already did. So Daniel, oh. what do you know about, um, Dorothy Forstein? Not much. Uh, well, let me tell you. Sounds, sounds familiar. Or Dora Forstein was uh, an American woman who went missing in uh, 1949. She was 40 at the time, and this is one of the greatest um, American disappearance uh, mysteries of all time. Um, so let me let me set the scene. So I think it's New York. City speaking on a, on a common thread. It's a chilly night in October, uh, October 18th to be exact. Dorothy's husband Jules had left home for the evening, and he calls her and, and tells her that he won't be uh, returning till late. And when he did eventually return uh, home, he was um, surprised to find that the two children were clinging together in the bedroom, and they were. Crying, um, exasperated, and just saying, "Mommy's gone, mommy's gone, mommy's gone." Um, I believe the daughter told told the father Jules that roughly 15 minutes prior um, that there was a, a noise, and um, she had gone downstairs and saw a middle aged man 
um, carrying her unconscious mother down the stairs over his shoulder. And then when she asked him what he was doing, that that dude patted her on the head and said, go back to sleep, little one. Your mom is fine. He then left and locked the door. Pretty creepy stuff, huh? That's like, that's all the, that's in the record. So even though this is 1949. It's on the record. That's like all the stuff on the record that, that they really know of this time. Just like this creepy man comes over on, you know, it's, it's creepy too because it's told through like the, not told, but just like recounted through the eyes of the, you know, children. So it's like how reliable really are they? Um, but like, I bet, I, I, I mean, I bet they probably know what, what they saw. You know, but like it's always that like, what did a child really see? You know. Um. So I feel like he, a lot of stories are like that. You know. It, and know, what and, did a child really see? Kind of thing. In the theme of like, you know, adults and and the police not believing yeah. like the children. Like that's like a theme in like movies and whatnot. It's like oh, you're a couple kids, you're, you're crazy. So. Yeah, just like the themes in those movies, the police initially doubted um, Marcy, the daughter's story. But um, eventually they they did believe it after they had to bring in, uh, I believe, a mental health specialist to interview um, the daughter and basically confirm that they were telling the truth. So the police, you know, did start out doubting, doubting that original story. Um, So. They, they scrambled to come up with leads because she was, you know, um, just kind of an innocent mother, non-assuming, just a, you know, regular old, like, housewife in the 1940s. It's like, this is like a really weird, like, kidnapping. Like, why would this happen to her? So the, the police were like, maybe it's a, a grudge against her husband due to his job. Um uh, so they're like, maybe, maybe it's something to do with the husband's, um, line of work or something like that, right? Um, you know, another was like, maybe this was like a return, uh, repeat, I don't know, assailant, because they actually had the, the, um, Forsteins had someone break into their house, um, five years prior, but, you know, no one, um, sorry, but the, someone had broken into their house, but didn't take anything, but actually assaulted her. So maybe they're like, what, why? Maybe they came back and they, I don't know, wanted to take her this time, you know? Um, so what happens next is they're, they're searching, they're, they're looking for unidentified women in like hospitals and mental hospitals and hotels and morgues, just trying to find her. Um, but I, I believe that's that's kind of where they they leave it. They just they sent out all these notices that were like, hey, if you see this woman, let us know. But no one knows what actually happened to her. Like that's it. That's that's where the story ends. It's really creepy, mm. right? Like it's one of those great uh, disappearances that just really stump people because once again, innocent, non-assuming housewife is kind of seems like it's a targeted kidnapping right and just kind of creepy as that air of creepiness to it didn't happen in the night so sleep uh sleep well um 
but yeah, so I hope maybe you have another mystery you would want to share, or maybe you want to reflect on that one. I think you have all the mysteries because I you said you were googling the mysteries. I wasn't googling these. These were just the mysteries that I I liked. Right, well, let me look up one. Uh, Georgia Guidestones. Oh, I actually know about this. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay. Well, you you fill in. Well, okay, let me let me tell you what I know about them, and you can fill in some of the blanks. I don't so, know anything Georgia? about it. So you don't know anything? Well, Google it, and then you can tell the story. I'm reading. I, uh, I'm reading stuff. Okay. So the Georgia Guidestones um, were, and I say were because they were demolished, I think, by the FBI or some some state department in 2022. They were blown up, I think, officially after, I think, a day prior, someone had made an improvised explosive device and tried to blow them all up. And then, like, a state agency was like, hey, this is dangerous to have this you know, partially formed uh, stones still up. They could fall and crush someone or something like that. So we have to bring them all down. So they are no longer present, but they were in, um, I think, northeast Georgia. And they showed up, I don't know, in like the 70s, right? Just kind of out of nowhere. Um, They know that it was like financed by one guy, but like the, the contractor who built them, said he he never interacted with that um financier um you know who who asked them to build it they they gave him a name i think it was like a as the first initial and then like i don't know some last name that just wasn't like real or something like that it was clearly like a pseudonym they didn't want to be found and uh i think they met kind of shadily and they just tossed the contractor a bag of money and said build this for me so i think it popped up kind of um you know, because people really weren't digging around in like 70s northeastern Georgia, so they seem to pop up overnight. And uh, they have a couple cryptic messages translated into different languages around these three pillars. Um, and uh, the the messages on them, and this is my understanding of them and kind of interpretation and bias in them, is that they're basically like, well, you, yeah. Okay. So they're talking about like the new world order and like what to do when the apocalypse happens. And specifically they go into like how to breed the best people. And it's like slightly eugenics and there's like slight, like you could, you can interpret it as like, this is like a, you know, a racism thing. Like this guy's like, he wants an all white society kind of after the apocalypse. So it's like that kind of crazy. Like someone who believes in the apocalypse wants to tell the survivors of the apocalypse how to repopulate the earth, but they want to repopulate it with all white people. That's kind of like the, the message on the stones. Um, as to why that maybe that's why someone tried to make a, you know, improvised explosive and blow it up because they, they disagree with the message. I don't know, but, um, it, it was catching a lot of, uh, um, they're kind of famous in like conspiracy theorists circles for being like, this basically confirms the new world order. Uh, you know, this, this guy was talking the truth and that's why he built these stones. So then the new world order must be real. If like this guy in bumfuck Georgia 
you know, put a bunch of Marvel stones up and, you know, it legitimizes the new world order and like conspiracy theories and yada yada. So conspiracy theories like liked it, you know, white supremacists liked it. It wasn't liked by the, the, the greatest minds of our generation. And, uh, that's about my summation of it. So let me know if I, uh, um, you know, so yeah, I have the inscription here. I have what the inscription reads. Um, it says maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity unite humanity with a living new language rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Okay, so this maybe that's like the premise, but like... There's like the ten Still, guidelines, I guess, written on there. Yeah. yeah. So some guys, some um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him a little bit of a nut because like who who does this? Like, sure you can be passionate about something, but then you like build this, erect this monument out in the middle of nowhere. You know, like I got I got a good idea for society just in case the apocalypse happens. Like I really don't think post-apocalypse anybody right now their opinion really mattered. Do you know what I mean? Like we're 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 on a path to the apocalypse already. I don't think you know our actions or words should really be considered, you know, after the world is kind of destroyed by our own actions and words. So whatever. But you know, maybe this guy had a different you know opinion. But um, yeah, there was maybe less. You know, I I thought it was kind of like my my. Not understanding, yeah, understanding of it was like it was like white Christian nationalist kind of propaganda, but it's like keep religion in moderation. I guess you could really interpret the keep the population kind of steady. It's kind of weird, like why why would they do that? Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Do you think it had some racial connotations? Probably. I mean, I, I don't. It's it's tricky. Like. Um, I'm reading all these other things like, oh god where is it yeah, all these astronomical features oh yeah, like it lined up with like a, I wasn't sure if I was misremembering that, but it doesn't it like line up with the solstice or something like that um a, a pillar had a slot carved through it which was aligned with the sun's solstices and equinoxes yeah, so that's kind of weird Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that's oh, here we go. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> so conspiracy theories. One of yeah. Uh, some conservative Christians have called the monument satanic. Mm. Oh, the dude that built it was called Robert Christian. Yeah. Take that for what it is. Uh, okay. That's a good mystery. Uh, no, how much longer do you have? Because this one, this one. 
You want to keep going? Keep going. No, we, can, right. we can wrap it up in, in a short, um, a short little notice that ties everything together. You know, one day you're the you're the the housewife in the 1940s, and the other day you're a, a crazy, you know, uh, in my, you know, you know, and and that really just means that you have to live every day, one day at a time. So with that being said. Thank you so much for listening to The Experience Podcast. I'm, of course, the other host, Tanner Debates, and Daniel is my uh, co-host as well, and this is my show, and I own it, and I get every dollar that uh, we make, so please consider donating. Thank you. For Tanner. Yeah, for, for Tanner, by the way. It's not for me. No. No, this is my show. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you.